This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thanks for listening to the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Today on the pod, from its faltering hospital ER to its 400 school portables to policing, series growth challenges continue. Mayor Brenda Locke joins us. And interest rates hit a 22-year high as economic anxiety builds with consumers. Is this the end for rate hikes? Plus, residents in yet another BC co-op face eviction as new landlords threaten to triple the rent. And the morning commute. New ferry service from Nanaimo to downtown Vancouver is set to begin. Is there enough business for it to succeed? That's all next on the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. The implications of yesterday's Bank of Canada rate hike. Now, the Bank of Canada hiked its key interest rate by a quarter percentage point, uh, bringing the rate uh, to 4.75%, the highest it's been since April of 2001. Now, the hike is aimed at slowing inflation, which hasn't moved down quickly enough towards uh, the central bank's target of 2%. Now, the hike is also impacting those looking to buy, those that are holding a mortgage, and it'll also impact those who rent as landlords look to pass off higher costs to tenants. Now, there's lots of uncertainty out there, lots of anxiety as well. Here's a few calls to our buzz lines after news broke after the Bank of Canada raised the rate. Uh, a clear uh, contributor to the uh, interest rates that we're facing nowadays, and the inflation is what the government did during the COVID period, printing money and throwing it out the back of a truck. Uh, you know, probably in hindsight, it was a dumb thing to do to the extent they did it. But on the other hand, at the time, the pressure was on. So the, the one thing I think that we Canadians have to adjust our thinking to is that we cannot rely on government to continue to throw money at us. We've got to, you know, we've got to make our own way. With regards to the interest rate hikes, um, why don't they help people out by raising the interest that we get back on the money that we have in our savings and checking accounts? Raise up those rates and give people a little bit more back might make the other bite a little bit easier to take. Trudeau's reckless spending over the last several years is having dire consequences. It looks pretty certain that within the next few years we're going to have crisis, yet more crises with people filing for bankruptcy, losing their homes. We're going to have a much worse housing crisis with a huge immigration plan and lack of houses being built. It's saddens me to see what is happening to this country with Trudeau as Prime Minister. There certainly is a lot of anxiety out there. We had calls yesterday on the open line, people saying that they were in the midst of um, renegotiating their mortgage, extending the amortization. Huge challenges out there for people. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this right hike is Michael Levy, CKW's business analyst. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jazz. Were you surprised by the rate hike yesterday? Yes. I actually was. Uh, I could say no, and uh, wouldn't be many people that, could, that, that that would call me on it. But uh, I thought that they were going to let it go for another quarter. But when you took a look at the market, and this is something that uh, we do on an ongoing basis, the betting was by those by the activity in the bond market. In other words, the activity in people buying and selling uh, uh, interest rate instruments indicated that. Uh, the uh, uh, economists and the people dealing in what we call uh, paper 
did expect the interest rate. I thought they were going to let it go for one more quarter, or, or sorry, one more time, and uh, then possibly take a second look. But uh, they did it, and uh, the problem, I think, is now they're going to do it again. And uh, that was very indicative of what the uh, governor of the Bank of Canada said, that if we don't see some material turnaround uh, in the inflation numbers, that uh, uh, the the rate of change in inflation, that we're, we could be in for another one and possibly another one. So it's a very significant time right now. So uh, when you say the next one, I think the next opportunity for the Bank of Canada is July 12th, off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, that's uh, that's uh, quite... I mean, they're obviously getting information. I mean, you can glean a lot of that information reading the paper and the media every day, but they also are getting indicators that, that clearly tells them that uh, this fight against inflation has stalled. It is stalled. The, 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 it is absolutely stalled. And the Bank of Canada, and I've heard this more than once today, has one job right now and one job only, and that's to bring down the rate of inflation. And they are laser focused because that can be so damaging if let go. And all you have to do is go back to the 80s where they did let it go until they put a clamp on and decided to raise rates to the point where they killed inflation, but rates went up to 15 or 16 percent. That will never happen again because the bank, central banks will never let it happen again. Uh, so if you're a, a British Columbian listening to us chat right now, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, I think it's the number one issue. I, I, I fundamentally believe it is, is this economic anxiety hanging over the heads of everyday British Columbians and uh, a lot of our businesses as well. I was hearing a story or reading a story in Richmond of, of sort of a, a mid-tier developer uh, who was building a condo and had to uh, hand back the deposit for, for, for those who had, had invested in, in these uh, suites uh, simply because the market has changed so much. I mean, when you go, go in to build a condominium or any sort of real estate development project, there's a business plan, and that business plan must have been written two years ago. And, and here, two years later, the whole business plan is just thrown out of whack just with these rate hikes. Absolutely. And, the, and it was written two years ago because that's how long it takes to go through the process of, of getting your business plan in place and then going uh, to whichever municipality you're in and having them sign off on your plan and then getting your construction started and all costs that they were figuring are a couple of years old. And you take a look at the cost of labor today is going has gone up and, and, and it continues to go up. There are jobs that are going begging. I mean, you, you would have to take a step back and say, hey, what's going on here? Uh, the employment numbers, and we're going to see them again tomorrow uh, for the previous month, but uh, the employment numbers, employment, not unemployment, employment numbers keep going up. Uh, people are getting pay raises. You take a look at what happened with government, but you can extrapolate that into private enterprises, three-year contracts and, and, and uh, wage rates going up at 11, 12, 13 percent over the three years. Well, all that is doing is adding to inflation. And uh, everything we see, everything we do right now is adding to inflation. People are not short, generally not short of money, and they're spending. So in this situation, um, let's just for a moment switch over to politics. I mean, how does a government say, hey, look, we're, we're doing what we can for you, but at the end of the day, the policies of the Bank of Canada 
are impacting everyday people. And from what I can tell by the Angus Reid Institute just had a poll out today basically saying, you know, the Conservatives are at about 37%, the federal Liberals that are at, are at about 29%. Even federal Liberal voters are feeling the pinch and to the point where they're thinking of voting, uh, perhaps are considering voting Conservative. They may be sort of soft voters, but they are. I mean, this is having an impact on our politics already just based on where people uh, would consider voting at this moment just because of, of, of the financial hit they're taking. Absolutely, Jazz. And it's not what they're doing today in order to quell, try to quell inflation. It's what they've done over the past several years in the way government has spent. Now, look, some of that was uh, during COVID, and those were funds that had to be spent, and you couldn't keep as good a track or, 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 or you you couldn't have the control that you would want, but the government, and you hear this expression, not from me, but I hear this expression about shoveling money off the back of a truck. Well, the, the government response could be, well, we needed it, and we didn't have time to vet it properly, but there has to be some area that they have to take responsibility, and now um, you, you can't blame the Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada, as I said, has this one job, and uh, things have turned around. Around. They said that they would like to see inflation at the 3% level this summer, but even if they get to that, between 3 and 2% is going to be so difficult. So I think we're in for a bit of a harder time now, and when you take a look at what's going on in the housing market, mortgage rates, and by the way, one of the callers that you put on just before I came on from your buzz line mm-hmm. was uh, talking about banks should be paying a little more to depositors because they're getting that much more money on the other side when they're loaning out money. Absolutely. One-tenth or one-quarter of one percent on your balance in the bank where they're putting out money at prime uh, a prime rate of Five point, or sorry, six point nine five percent. Absolutely, they should be narrowing that spread and giving people more money on their savings. Um, yesterday, we had, I got an email from one of our listeners saying, you know, there has to be a healthy balance where we are getting some decent returns, as you say, from the bank when we deposit our dollars, and interest rates are at a comfortable level where you know you're you're paying your fair share as a consumer. It's not. Uh, you know, really low to the point where, you know, you're, you're borrowing money when you shouldn't be borrowing money, but at a decent rate where, you know, you're borrowing money, you've got interest to pay. They were actually saying to me that, look, I think we're finding our balance as a society. You, and it's a very painful balance to find for a lot of folks that are out there right now negotiating. But do you think at the end of this, there may be a bit more of a, a restructuring or a healthy balance that we will find once this is all done? Jazz, uh, that, that is such an excellent question and the answer becomes does the government in power have the political will to do that if they do yeah we're going to find a balance and it's going to be a little bit tougher times and uh, people are going to people generally are going to have to uh, tighten their purse strings and um, maybe just take a step back on spending because right now we're looking at a situation of excess demand and there is excess demand out there you can tell when you go into a store and have to buy a head of cauliflower and it cost eight dollars well it cost eight dollars not because they're not growing cauliflower there's excess demand same thing grapes at twelve dollars and 95 cents a pound a lot of that is demand inflation and they're going to have to come to grips with 
how much people are spending and how much pain that they can endure as the Federal Reserve or the Bank of Canada tightens up and tightens up again and tightens up again till there's some sort of equilibrium in which we can all live. Michael, thank you. Thanks, Jess. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's focus a little bit on perhaps the fastest growing community uh, in Metro Vancouver, that being Surrey, of course, uh, grows by 1,500 residents every month. And it's been in the news recently uh, as uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix yesterday on this show and then the press conference announced um, a significant increase in funding and resources for Surrey Memorial Hospital's emergency room after doctors there and hospitalists there raised the alarm over the last month in regards to the incredibly challenging uh, uh, challenging um, uh, uh, environment for them to the point where sometimes you know uh, people going into emergency uh, wouldn't get the full care that they needed up to three days later. So uh, more resources going in. And today I know Opposition Leader Kevin Falcon is visiting the hospital along with Surrey MLAs there as well. Add that. Add to that just schools in Surrey as well. Uh, we know that in September we may have up to 400, 400 portables in the Surrey School District alone. Significant growth in that community and challenges before it. So I wanted to talk to its mayor in regards to just growth and, and dealing with some of these challenges that are there. Brendan, joining me now is the mayor of Surrey, Brenda Locke. Hello, Brenda. Hi there, Jeff. Thank you for making time for us. First of all, your thoughts on, on Mr. Dix's comments yesterday and his promise that there will be more money and more resources for a Surrey's emergency room there. Well, I was pleased that uh, the minister reacted uh, to what the docs have been talking about and the nurses and, and, and the patients and the patients' families because uh, we certainly have been challenged with health care needs in the city for a very, very long time. But, you know, we're reaching a tipping point on everything. And, and you mentioned uh, a number of those things. Infrastructure is stretched too far in this city and we need support. Mm-hmm. Um when I look at the hospital situation, I just want to focus on that for a second. You know, and, and I've used this ex, ex, uh, um, example yesterday with the minister. When I think of Vancouver, I got Vancouver Hospital, you got Children's Hospital, you got Women's Hospital, you got University Hospital, you've got St. Paul's Hospital, which is expanding in a significant manner, and then you have Mount St. Joseph's Hospital, plus other clinics as well. In Surrey, you have Surrey Memorial Hospital, and then you have Peace Arch. Uh, yet you have essentially the same population, give or take you know, 40 or 50,000 people, but 600,000 plus uh, residents. Why is Surrey so far behind when it comes to health care in your mind? You know, I, I don't know. But 
but I think it's an important thing to remember too. Fraser Health Authority. So the whole of Fraser Health Authority is over two. It's over two million people. Vancouver Coastal is only about 1.3, 1.4 million. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get into the other health authorities. We are the largest health authority, not by a little bit, by a lot. And we don't have anywhere near the kind of services they need. You, you also um, need to know that all the provincial health authority facilities, so BC Women's, BC Children's, and GF Strong, which is a really important uh, um, Another really important hospital in Vancouver is all part of the of the provincial health authority. We don't have access to any of that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the hospitals that you mentioned, VGH and UBC and and St. Paul. So, um, yeah, it's a major, major challenge in our community. Yeah, Fraser Health for for our listeners actually stretches from Burnaby to Boston Bar, and with it, of course, you can have Surrey yeah. and and New Westminster and 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 Abbotsford and Chilliwack, all all other fast growing communities as well. But when you look at mm-hmm. healthcare, in many ways, shortchanged. And do you think that partially that is that Surrey's not done a very done a very good job? And I don't mean just you know this government, your, your municipal government. I'm talking provincial MLAs. And municipal governments back to the 1980s have just not done a good enough job in lobbying the provincial government and saying, yeah, got to move more resources here. Because it always seems to be the prime ministers coming to town or premiers or whatever it is. Vancouver seems to be the center of the universe and gets more resources in its direction. Maybe they're better at lobbying. I don't know. Or Surrey doesn't work together collectively as it needs to. Do you think that's part of it? Because Surrey has never told its collective story very well in regards to attracting some of those resources. You know, I, I don't want to point fingers or, or place blame, but I, I, I think you're on to something. I think that is part of the issue. We don't stick up our hand and say we need a, we need help over here. We don't do it on, on all of those things you mentioned, and we don't do it on social infrastructure either. So you'll always see more resources for everything are in Vancouver. And and Vancouver is the uh, shiny penny most of the time, right? Um so they forget to come and look at really what we're doing here. We're a pretty resilient crew in uh, the South Fraser, but especially in Surrey. We've just met the tipping point. The growth has been exponential, mm-hmm. and we need those dollars into our into our community. Uh, the portable situation, um, is it your ability, you know, your education is a provincial responsibility. But that growth is going to come from partially new housing, new families moving in. Are you at all, when you make your decisions on, let's say, a townhouse complex looking for approval or a condominium complex, are you, is part of the decision now, is there any schooling available? Do we have any more spaces? And does that hinder some of that development moving forward now? And therein lies the challenge for local government. So we have the federal government saying they're bringing in a half a million people into this country, and many of them in British Columbia come to Surrey. Uh, I'm not complaining about uh, about new people coming to Canada, but we have to house them. We have to have the schools and the health care and all those pieces that make a city great, that make it livable. Um, and those are our challenges. So it's easy to say from Victoria or from Ottawa Thou shalt, but it's harder for us in cities because we are where that rubber hits the road. We have to deliver. 
Uh, Kevin Falcons uh, in your community today, the uh, BC United leader, opposition leader, uh, and he says uh, he would like to see a second tower built at Surrey Memorial. You'd be supportive of that, uh, supportive of that, I'm assuming. That was my one of my campaign issues that I raised uh, during the campaign, and uh, absolutely. And the docs have been the doctors at Surrey Memorial have been asking that. Uh, for a long time. That is the synergy we need at Surrey Memorial. It's a good hospital. It just needs more um, money. It needs more development. We have a great campus of care there. We just don't have enough. Mm-hmm. We need that power. Uh, I'm just uh, Since I got you here, I, I do have to ask you about the policing situation. Um, it's before council. Uh, I think all of you have signed an NDA. Uh, when can we expect a decision from, from council or a vote? Um, we we will absolutely have a decision made this month. There, there's no uh, question about that. We're working really hard. Our staff are doing that. In fact, I just finished a meeting with staff about uh, the reviews they're doing of the package that um, is in that uh, that report that came from Victoria. So um, I'm really hopeful it will be in the in the coming couple of weeks. So before before the end of June, we should have a decision, yeah. or at least oh. an announcement from Surrey oh. as to which way they're going. Oh boy, Jeff! I want it over. <laughs> I want this. I want this. Be. I want to talk to you about some cool stuff in Surrey, um, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to have this dealt with by the end of of the month. Absolutely, we will. Uh, is anything you've read so far convince you uh, you'd be you'd consider the SPS Surrey Police Service instead of the RCMP? Nothing. Nothing I've seen in in the report uh, has me changing my mind. Uh, I haven't talked to my uh, colleagues, um, but I, I, there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun there for me mm-hmm. that has me to to change my mind at all. Uh, Mayor Locke, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about policing, but op- great to talk to you about the, the hospital and, and the health services in Surrey and, and of course, uh, schooling and just dealing with all that growth. And we will one day have a conversation that doesn't involve policing, I promise you. Oh, boy, I look forward to that, Jazz. Thank you. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I started at CKNW back in 1991. I was a student just out of journalism school uh, as a young producer here. And I remember uh, at that time, in and around that time, 91, 92 or so, um, there was a new ferry service that was announced between Vancouver and Nanaimo. Now, I think that service lasted about three years uh, or so. uh, But the dream of commuting from Nanaimo, living in Nanaimo, living on the island and commuting to downtown Vancouver has always been there. Uh, And since then, of course, our population of Vancouver, Nanaimo, and this province has grown significantly. Well over 5 million people here and growing 
uh, very quickly, as uh, the mayor of Surrey just uh, said in their previous interview, and it will continue to grow. We have uh, two and a half million people, 2.7 million people here now living in Metro Vancouver. Vancouver Island continues to grow. Well, a new ferry from Nanaimo to downtown Vancouver uh, was announced a few months ago, and today they announced their pricing schedule, give us, and they gave us a better sense of when they'll be starting up as well. Joining me now is Alistair Kedick. He's the CEO of Vancouver Island Ferry Company. Alistair, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for having us and for your interest in uh, in Hello. Yes, absolutely. So that the service is, itself is called Hello. How did you come by, uh, come about the name? Well, so we wanted to really we wanted to design a new service mm-hmm. uh, that came across as modern and friendly, and you know that name we just thought uh, really came across as friendly. Um, in addition, you know, easy to remember, and so those are the reasons why we. We came up with that name, and um, at this point in time, we love it, and we're getting a lot of great interest. So we think it's a we think it's a good one. When will the service be beginning? Yeah, great question. So um, the ferries themselves are on their way uh, from the shipyard. They're crossing the Pacific on a heavy lift ship, and we expect them to arrive into British Columbia. They'll come into Victoria first mm-hmm. uh, at the end of June. And so people will be able to get a first look, uh, uh, you know, at the at the two ferries when they arrive at the end of June, and then we're going to go through a process with Transport Canada and with our with our crews to train and go through all the important, um, you know, regulatory work that we need to do. And once that's complete, um, and and we certainly can't rush that work, um, we're hoping to be ready to launch in early August. In early August, okay. And so this is a service that, uh, these are basically two high-speed catamarans where people would, would walk on in Nanaimo or in Vancouver. Correct. These, these two ferries are high-speed, um, passenger-only catamarans. Um, and we'll have two of them so that we can you know, offer a, you know, a, a great schedule and, and, and we'll have reliability. So um, certainly, if one of them needs to have maintenance or something like that, we've got two in operation. So we'll always be able to, you know, maintain a reliable, continuous service. Mm-hmm. Um, it is passenger only, and um, it connects downtown Nanaimo to downtown Vancouver. So it comes right into, you know, the, 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 where the float planes come in, right at Jackpool Plaza, where the convention center is, which, you know, connects you straight on to the Canada line, and there's great buses and um, so the connectivity is 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 really great. So um, we think that's a big advantage over previous attempts. How many sailings will you see in an average day? Yeah, so we're going to build up um, we're going to build up our schedule over time, uh, um, and we're going to grow it. The expectation is that we can grow it to uh, about seven sailings. So seven departures from Nanaimo and seven departures from Vancouver. With the first departure leaving Nanaimo at um, at six a.m., so that'll allow really commuters, um, people who live on the island that need to be in downtown Vancouver for a work or an appointment, um, they can get on the six a.m. and um, you know be in the office by eight. So the commute itself, how long is it? So we're targeting uh, we're targeting a seven seventy minute crossing, certainly weather dependent and, and things of that nature. Um, these are, uh, you know, as I said, these are uh, fast passenger-only ferries, um, and the big advantage is uh, is connecting right into downtown. So, mm-hmm. if you've got to go to, 
an appointment or an office downtown or you want to get on the SkyTrain or you're going to a concert or a show, um, you're right there. Mm-hmm. And so there's no need to you know, drive in from somewhere else. You're already downtown. Now, we, as I was saying in the, in the introduction, that we have more people living in Vancouver and, in, in, and uh, on Vancouver Island, lots of people who would want to use the service. But is this service the right service in an era of, and anyway, some would argue, look, you can commute into Vancouver perhaps a few days out of the week, but in an era of Zoom and Microsoft Teams, do you still need this type of service? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and we've looked at, we've certainly looked at and studied the, you know, some of the previous attempts from the past that you referred to. Um, commuters is only part of, you know, the clientele that's going to be interested in this. Um, there's an enormous amount of travel between the lower mainland and Vancouver Island, just for friends and family. Right? And when you're going to see friends and family, um, you know, a, a lot of people right now do that by walking on uh, or, or t- taking a, a seaplane because mm-hmm. um, they don't need a car on the other side. And so this is going to cater to a lot of friends and family where I'm going to see a friend or family. They already have a car. And so, you know, why do I need to bring an extra car over there? Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it. Um, Certainly people from Vancouver Island, a lot of them want to come over. You know, maybe it's to go to the airport. Maybe it's to go to see a concert or a BC Lions game or Canucks game. And this will make this will give them access to everything that Vancouver has to offer um, as a day trip. And, and so that's going to be really, really a, uh, a big advantage. Mm-hmm. And so there's a number of different segments that, you know, from our market research that, that we think are going to be really attracted to this service. Now, uh, the information that I have before me says the catamarans each will have about, uh, has a, have room for up to 354 passengers. What's the cost of, of this ferry crossing roughly? Yeah, no, great question. And so um, today uh, we launched uh, our updated website so uh, all of your listeners can go to hello.com and it has uh, uh, all the information about what our pricing is going to be um we'll have pricing for different classes so certainly uh, a comfort class and a business class uh different you know we'll have cheaper pricing for children and seniors um and the introductory price um, you know, for an adult um, will be, you know, for that first sailing, um, $29.99. And, and that's to encourage you to come online, build an account, and, and try the service. And once we think once people have tried the service, uh, um, and it's going to be modern and fast and friendly, that, that people will keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So um, all of the pricing information is on the website. Um, and that's at uh, hello.com. That's H-U-L-L-O, not H-E, but H-U-L-L-O.com, hello.com. Uh, final question to you. Uh, I, you know, I was mentioning others have tried and, and they haven't been successful, but this is an era, different time. Um, and there is flexibility where you can work from home and then you can spend some time at the office uh, as well. You think this is the moment where you that we have enough of a population base Work life is now more flexible, and I guess affordability is also a question of, as well. When you can buy a home in Nanaimo at much cheaper than you can in Vancouver, although I know prices there are are going up pretty quick as well. But uh, you think this is the moment where something like this can work and will work? One hundred percent. We are we are very very optimistic, um, and our investors are very optimistic. So. Um, what has changed? As you said at the beginning, Nanaimo has grown, Vancouver Island has grown, uh, the population of the Lower Mainland has grown. Um, 
since the previous attempts, you know, the, the entire transit network has become so much greater. So if you're coming over from Vancouver Island uh, and, and you come into downtown, um, you can get to YVR now. You can get to Surrey now. You can get to Coquitlam now. And similarly, um, if you're from the lower mainland, over to, to uh, the island, um, you can, you know, transit straight down, uh, takes you right down to the waterfront, and then you're seamlessly onto our service. So transit has grown, the population has grown, the interest in this has grown. And the other thing that's different is um, we're getting two brand new vessels. They're modern, they're fast, they're passenger. Um, they, they really do look beautiful. Um, and we've already got our investors on board uh, to fully fund this. And so this isn't something that we're just trying, you know, you know, for the first year to see how it goes. We're in, we've signed long-term 35-year agreements with uh, great partners. So the Nanaimo Port Authority on that side, the Shenanimo First Nation, and the Vancouver Harbor Flight Center. So we've got long-term agreements to be in business for a very long time. So we're we're very confident that uh, that the time is now, and that you know the customers are going to really embrace and 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 like this service. Alistair, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank uh, you very much for your interest. for listening to the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always listen to the Jazz Joe Hall Show live Monday to Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on 980 CKNW and connect with me on Twitter at Jazz Joe Hall BC. Talk to you next time.